Welcome to the Wood Talk Weekend Show. It's time to unbutton those pants, crack open a fresh grape soda, and let the soothing sounds of Mark, Shannon, and Matt caress your ear holes. All right, it's Wood Talk number 400 for July 21st, 2017, and it's a weekend show. We're doing a show on a weekend. Woohoo! I'm in Vegas. Me too. <laughs> no, wait, I'm home now. Oh, you're home already. I came home already. You left me. I left on Thursday. Sorry. <laughs> Had to go. Left him all alone, unsupervised. Did you leave with the concussion or without? Uh, with. With. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's what I thought. We so had that was a, a pretty nasty a, fall you had there. We had a rumble on the tattoo. strip. It was pretty. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> face tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I got a new face tattoo. It was. It's. It's a whole thing. Good. Uh, hopefully, it'll pass as a birthmark. Okay, so we got a question here from Eric, who spells his name with a C and a K because he's a belt and suspenders kind of guy. Uh, he says, hey, Mark, Shannon, and Matt, a.k.a. Goomba, Gorilla, and Giggler. All Gs. That's actually pretty good. I like where that one's going. He says, like I've got a question to share with your audience, one that's more of an advice question. To start, you guys give lots of great advice on what to do to solve woodworking problems or deliver uh, improved results. In your experience, what are your thoughts on things you should never do, never ever be done? Uh, not just from a safety factor, but just from good practice. For example, never put an end grain board through the planer. You guys rock. Wood talk is what keeps me sane when driving uh, in the crazy Boston traffic. Okay. So the funny thing is that particular example kind of has an asterisk on it. You know, the end grain through the planer thing. There are ways to do it to make it safe. But generally I, speaking, unless you know what those ways are, you probably shouldn't do it. Probably a bad idea. I, I did it for years without knowing I wasn't supposed to do it and never had a problem. And now, like, yeah, now I'm now like you're terrified, terrified to do it. Because yeah, I, as you should I, I, the, Statistically, it, something bad will happen because I did <laughs> it so many times without a problem. Yeah, you just <laughs> my got, numbers got up, lucky. Basically, I reached my rad limit. It's over. Yes, exactly. Okay, so I wrote a couple of these down. Um, hopefully, Matt will think of something because he's unprepared. Oh, yeah, you want to go first, though? Oh, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> you want time to refine it a little bit? Okay. Uh, so, you know, in the same vein that I do feel like you can say never, there's just never an instance that I think that this is smart or safe is running end grain over the jointer. Oh, that's terrifying. And that's as someone who has done that before. So. Yeah. I've, I've seen it done from across the shop and everything went into slow motion as that board Whoa. kind of caught. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. It's in Chuck Bender's school, actually. It was terrifying to watch. It wasn't Chuck doing it. It was one of his students. I think I just threw Chuck under the bus. It was, Chuck, it was Chuck saying, here, guys, don't do this. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah, so that that's, I think, a big, a big no-no. Shannon, you got one? Uh, yeah, don't uh, sharpen on your workbench. It's a, it's a little, little tamer, but uh, unless you put down all kinds of protective stuff, I just had a student who had to resurface his entire bench because he was sharpening saws and stuff on his workbench and put all kinds of fun metal filings and swarf and crap into the wood of his workbench which just eats your plane blades later on and your chisels and gets into the wood you're working on and affects the finish. And Hmm. yeah, you want to, if you're going to, if you don't have a separate sharpening area, put down something, get some sort of like lipped tray that will keep the the crap in. Um, so that it doesn't land all over your bench. Interesting. I've got several substantial like metal swarf stains from Mm -hmm. sharpening on my bench because I do it all the time. The the other thing is, is we tend to kind of, uh, you know, 
we're more hands-on on a workbench and you may sweep the shavings off your workbench or whatever there's metal filings in there that crap mm-hmm. gets in your hands then your eye starts to itch and oh it's bad news oh that's the worst yeah. keep keep that stuff <laughs> off the workbench okay giggler what you got uh measure never measure nope. never measure never measure okay okay we've talked about that before i sound like me like maybe quite like i never do it but do it as little as possible Okay. Like that? <laughs> you like that? I'm, just still, pro- I'm still processing it. I, I always, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I'll give it some time. Because I, I always measure at the beginning. I've got like certain things, but yours is a little bit of a different situation because you have a material selection process that allows you to not be as picky about your measurements. You can kind of let the measurements dictate where the project goes. You know what I mean? But for me, it's like I've designed it. I got to get pretty close to these numbers. So I at least have to measure a little bit. And then I drop the measuring stuff once things get rolling. Fine, fine. That just figures if he runs out of wood, he'll just go cut down another tree. Yeah, I got another one back there. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So let me, I think I have another one here for you. Um, okay, this one is something that not quite fine woodworking, but how many times have you seen someone, or maybe you yourself, you put a board, and this is something I did early on in my woodworking, put a, a large board on two sawhorses. And take my circular saw to cut it in half, and I cut it in the middle. And, <laughs> and then the two pieces fall into the blade, oh. and then you get one of those hey. ring things where the circular saw wants to come back at your face. Um, that is something I think that is not quite obvious to like a new woodworker. So if you go to use a circular saw to cut down your big lumber, and you go, okay, well, I'm going to put a lot of support on this. It doesn't quite work that way. You've got to have the ability for one piece to drop out of the way while the other piece kind of remains stable. Or, you know, if you could somehow stabilize both pieces so they don't move, that's fine. But the off cut, uh, you can't have a, a gap in the middle where you're cutting because they just come together and pinch the blade and all hell breaks loose. In that example, I was thinking of going the other way. If you have too much weight hanging off the end, that thing comes right up and hits you in the face. Because now be it's going too. up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's why that whole insulation idea is so good because you get a hundred percent support under that sheet good, mm-hmm. you know, and you can cut into it all you want. Because the the flip side of that is don't try to support it with your hand either. Like it does not matter how much you think you're holding it level. Yeah. Um, now when it pinches, your hand is really close to that blade that just suddenly got pinched. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've 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 been there, done that. Yeah. You guys got any more? Well, in that same vein. Um, Never, ever, 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 ever hold with your hand the workpiece that you're currently chiseling or sawing into. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Uh, I know that sounds kind of obvious, um, but, you know, even even holding it behind the blade, just don't do it. Uh, I've I've had too many really close calls. I've got a, a scar in my hand where there were four stitches where. I was using a really, really fine fret saw blade. You know, what's a fret saw blade going to do to me? Well, stitches <laughs> later, that's what the fret saw blade did to me because I hit a soft spot in the wood and suddenly that fret saw blade jumped about an inch forward in a second. And, Yikes. You know, it, it could have been so much worse, but it was just one of those things where I happened to be holding the wood that I was sawing into. Um, I've caught myself like about to take a chisel swipe with my hand anywhere within 180 degrees of the cutting edge of that. And you quickly have to stop and, and don't do that. So bad news. Lock it down, clamp it down, work against a stop, do something. In never, a, ever, ever. In a similar vein, I was doing something the other day, sitting on a, on a shop bench, 
and I just needed to kind of chisel the corner off of something and I did it on my knee and then it just suddenly clicked in my head. You know what? I should never leave my knee. Like I never want to use my knee as a workbench. No, it's generally just not a good idea. It tends to go, go badly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I got another one here. Um, never leave an off cut trap between the blade and the fence. So mm, we're talking about table good. saw usage here that that could be a big problem. Uh, and, Another one a lot of people don't think about, but you should really have a hard and fast rule about this, is never try to remove an offcut. And this goes for any power tool, really. Never try to remove an offcut while the blade is still moving. Oh, man. I mean, how many times, even just the, like the bandsaw seems like one, like, ah, what's it? it's not going to hurt anything, I'm going to move it. But all it takes is just one little thing to pull your finger closer, or you misjudge where the blade is, which is very easy to do if you're not paying enough attention. And next thing you know, your finger is in that blade. Yeah, one of one of my table saw, one of the two table saw accidents I had in my life was reaching not over the blade, but around the blade to get a small offcut because there was that's the next thing would be never leave it trap, but also don't leave them like hovering back behind the blade, you know, as they're like right. vibrating around like those old like um the old football game where you turn it on and the guys go bing yeah. and they vibrate all over the board. Yeah, that's what they were doing in the back. A little piece of maple. And it started to vibrate like kind of near the blade. I'm like, oh, I should move that. I reached well around it and picked it up and I didn't have a good hold on it. And it dropped into the spinning blade. And thank God I had eye protection on because oh, that's geez. exactly where it went. And it cracked the lens on the on the eye protection. And it was one of those like, OK, I'm done for the day. Turn everything off. Yeah. Go sit in a dark corner. <laughs> Twenty seven Hail Marys. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad news. Jeez. Um, Cremona, anything else? Any parting wisdom? I feel like these are all skewing towards safety. They are, aren't they? Yeah, they don't have to be. Give us a technique sort of based on. That's why I think it's harder because it's really easy to say, like, always never do these things related to safety, but, like... I got, I got a technique one. It's okay. been kind of resonating in me lately. When you are uh, using a mallet on a chisel, um, don't wail on the thing. Like, I don't care if it's a 17-pound mallet, a 2-pound mallet, or a you know, 4-ounce mallet. There is a point in which the wedge stops doing its job. It's, it's driven into the woods so far that you hear, you hear that pitch change, and it goes up, and it, it stops moving. Don't wail on it harder. That's bad <laughs> news. You, you, and I see so many people doing this, and this happens a lot when people try to chop mortises by hand. It's mm-hmm. like they're trying to chop the whole 1.5-inch depth in one swipe. And then the chisel gets stuck really, really deep in there, uh, which goes to the next point. The deeper you're driving that chisel into the wood, the lighter you need to be tapping it because it's so easy to wedge that thing in place. And then you now have um, uh, rail and style with chisel growing out of it. (laughs) (laughs) How about if you are trying to precisely chisel to a line, either cut or pencil line? Never start, especially if you have to go to a reasonable depth, never start right on the line because you yeah, will most likely you will blow right past your line just from the pressure. Okay. Absolutely. It's the rule of halves. I always try to remove half the waste between the line and, and the waste and then half the waste again and then half the waste again. And obviously you would never get to your line. Theoretically, you would just be there forever and you would never get there. Forever. But when you get to the point where you can't get that chisel to register cleanly, then you're good to remove oh, okay. it. Yeah, very nice. And I've got one more piece of advice parting with you, uh, with the audience. Never, here. ever, ever listen to Wood Talk after midnight. Nope. Pretty close. One of the classic wonders. The most famous 
is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> uh, that is a classic right there. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we will talk to you later. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.